Well, it is a joy to be with you again, and Becca is so sweet, isn't she? I enjoyed having lunch with her this week, and we talked a lot about ladies' ministry, and she has got um, a heart for her church and for ladies' ministry, and we just sort of talked about some ideas um, that I think you guys will enjoy one day in the future, and we had a good lunch at Panera Bread. That was the major important thing, and, you know, topped it off with that 99-cent cookie, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me. I love that, and in fact, had to go back by there today and had one more of those wonderful flour cookies, um, but anyway, it was a joy being with her and having time with her, and thank you for um, allowing me the privilege to be here Miss Jenny, Pastor, Miss Denoff, who I just think is a wonderful lady, just talking to her a few moments ago. And this afternoon, when the rain finally stopped, I walked around um, the church property for about 45 minutes and just prayed um, for your church, for your staff, and um, cried a little bit, thinking about um, God's blessings upon your ministry and that my son can be here. I'm so thankful. And I went by um, Pastor Denoff's grave, and though he is not there, we know he is not there, I did look and just say thank you, Pastor, for your vision, um, for loving your church, and giving your life to this ministry. So you have much to be thankful for. You have a great place. Not every place is like this place. Do you understand that? I hope you understand that. Is really true. You're very blessed. So you need to um, often praise God for his goodness to you in this wonderful place. So are you happy tonight? Okay. And oh, let me just say one more thing. I've said, I have said, I'm so thankful my son can be here, but along with my son is a beautiful daughter-in-law. And, um, I thank God for her. For a long time, I played jokes on her and talked about her a lot because she has stolen my son. You know that. And But I want you to know Kayla publicly. I can't look at her. I'll start crying. Ah, what is happening here? She's an answer to my prayer. And I thank God for her. Um, even though she is a little crazy, she doesn't like chocolate. Something's wrong with her. But... Um, I praise God for her and that she loves my son and takes care of my son. And a great Christian young lady who loves the Lord. And, you know, it's just you just want to pinch yourself that God has been so good. Um, So good. And and her name is Kayla. Is that not cool? She's got half of my name. I just love it. So I love you and thank God for you. I really do. Okay. Okay. Well, tonight, uh, somebody in here has a smiley face on their handout. I don't know which one of you has it, but if you have it, I want to give you one of my CDs afterwards. Who has it? Do you have it? The granddaughter. Okay, Mrs. Denoff's granddaughter has that, and I will give that to you um, afterwards. Okay, I'm having a little trouble here. My Bible is wanting to fall off. Let me tuck it under there. Okay, well, we um, talked about last time that laughter burns five calories, and so I ate two cookies from Panera, so I need to laugh. So um, I would like to read two really funny things to you. Three women, two younger and one senior citizen, were sitting naked in a sauna. 
Suddenly, there was a beeping sound, and the young woman pressed her forearm, and the beep stopped. The others looked at her questioningly, and she said, oh, that was my pager. I have a microchip under the skin of my arm. A few minutes later, a phone rang, and the second young woman lifted her palm to her ear, and when she finished, she explained that was her mobile phone, that she has a microchip in her hand. The older woman felt very low-tech, so not to be outdone, she decided she had to do something just as impressive. She stepped out of the sauna and went to the bathroom. She returned with a piece of toilet paper hanging from her rear end. The others raised their eyebrows and stared at her. The older woman finally said, well, will you look at that? I'm getting a fax. (laughs) Do you get it? Some of you get it. I thought that was just too funny. And then another. In this life, I am a woman. But in my next life, I'd like to come back as a bear. Because when you're a bear, you get to hibernate. You do nothing but sleep for six months. I could deal with that. But before you hibernate, you're supposed to eat yourself stupid. I could really deal with that one. And when you're a girl bear, your birth children are the size of walnuts. Doesn't that sound great, Rebecca? Rebecca, yours is not the size of a walnut. (laughs) And you are sleeping when you birth the walnuts and you awake to partially grown cubs. That is true. You look that up. Isn't that wild? That they're little. It's crazy. I really want to be a bear. (laughs) I I could definitely deal with that. If you're a mama bear, everyone knows you mean business. You swat anyone who bothers your cubs. And if your cubs get out of line, you can swat them too. I could deal with that. (laughs) And if you're a bear, your mate expects you to wake up growling. He expects that you will have hairy legs and excess body fat. I want to be a bear. Doesn't that sound good? Okay. Well, we've laughed a little bit, and I'm just so thankful to be here tonight. And I just count it a real honor and privilege to be here. I'm nothing. I'm a nobody. But I sure love the Lord, and I want to be an encouragement to you tonight and share from my heart some things that the Lord has just given me that has encouraged me in my own Christian walk. And aren't you thankful, again, for what we talked about Sunday, for the Bible, for the Word of God, and how wonderful that it is? That's your time to shake your head out like you're saved, okay? Aren't you thankful for the Word of God, for the promises, and all that we have because of our Savior? So tonight, I want to share with you the lesson entitled, Magnify His Name. His name is incredible, and there are so many names of God. Becca and I were talking about this with Ladies' Ministry of a book that I did with the ladies of our church for a a nine-week series, and we studied the names of God, and it's just unbelievable how many wonderful names that we have in him and what they mean. And um, Jenny, last night I talked to Reba Bowman for an hour, and we talked about the names of God, and she was shouting, and I was shouting, and we were crying, and we were just talking on the phone, and she said, hug Jenny for me. I said, okay, I will. So um, great lady, and um, we were just talking about, again, how great God's name is. There's something about when you say his name, when you just say Jesus, the soothing calmness that it brings over you. 
I love a song that says, when you don't know what to say, when you don't know what to do, just say Jesus. And how precious that that is. So tonight, we're going to look at these names together. Can we read together Psalm 34.3 at the top of your page? Can we read it together? Real happy with a smile on our face. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. What a great verse. Magnify the Lord with me. And you know, that's what we ought to do. When we come together, we should always magnify him. Talk much of him, not ourselves, but him and who he is and how great he is. So tonight, that's what we're going to do. We're going to magnify his name and exalt his name together. In biblical times, a name represented a person's character. And God's name represents his attributes and his nature. His name is a statement of who he is. And each name of God reveals something of his power and his love and his purposes toward us. Each name is so incredible. So your first part there on your paper is learning who God is by name is the answer to every painful, stressful, or fearful situation you and I face in this life. And when we know God's names, we can understand his power, his purpose, and his unfailing love for us. I'll read that one more time. Learning who God is by name is the answer to every painful, stressful, or fearful situation you and I face in this life. When we know God's names, we understand his power, his purpose, and his unfailing love for us. The four names that we're going to look at tonight all start with E-L. And E-L means power. That's what it means, power. So somebody in here tonight, if your name is Elizabeth, are you really Elizabeth? Really? All right, so listen, you got the power, sister. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) E-L means power. And there are four names of God that begin with E-L that we're going to talk about that are just incredible, that are just so, I just, oh, I just love them all. So the first one that we're going to look at tonight, well, wait a minute before we get started. I had asked some of you to read a verse for me, so be ready when I call upon you for that. But let me read this to you first. I read a story of a man hunting in the wilds of Oregon. He was cradling his rifle in his arms as he entered the forest. He heard a noise in the brush nearby, and before he even had a chance to lift his rifle, a small brown rabbit came shooting up the road straight for him. It happened so fast, he hardly had time to think. He looked down, and there was a little cottontail crowded up between his boots. The little thing was trembling all over, but it just sat there and didn't budge. Now, this was really strange, because usually rabbits are afraid of people, you know? Usually they just go hopping really quick. In fact, today I walked back there to the little um, garden area and there was one just sitting there munching on something and I scared him to death and he just took off running. I thought, oh, I'm sorry, little rabbit. They don't usually run at you. They run from you. Well, this little rabbit ran straight for this hunter. While the man was quite puzzled, another player entered the scene. Down the road about 20 yards away, a weasel burst out of the brush, and when it saw the man and the rabbit at his feet, the predator froze in his tracks. 
It was then that the man understood that he had stepped into a little life and death drama in the forest. The rabbit, exhausted by the chase, was only moments from death, and the man was his only hope of refuge. Forgetting its natural fear and caution, the little animal instinctively crowded up against him for protection from the sharp teeth of its relentless enemy. The man did not disappoint the little rabbit. He raised his rifle in the air and shot into the ground right under the feet of the weasel, and the weasel rocketed back into the forest. For a few moments, the little rabbit just sat there, and the man gently spoke to him and said, Looks like you're off the hook tonight, little guy. And the rabbit hopped away. Think about that story there for a moment. Where do you run in time of need? Where do you run when the predators of trouble and worry and fear pursue you? Where do you hide when your past pursues you like a relentless wolf seeking your destruction? Where do you and I seek protection from the weasel of temptation and evil that threaten to take over us? Where do you run? Well, you know where you should run? You should run to the name of God. You should run to his wonderful names. And Proverbs 18.10 is a great verse. If you jot this down, I love it. It says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower The righteous run into it and are safe. Isn't that a great verse? Think about that. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous run into it and we are what? Safe. Isn't that encouraging tonight? That you can run to the name of the Lord and you will find safety there. Another great verse is Psalm 910. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. We should know the names of God so that we can call upon them when we need to hear from him. So these four are what we're going to look at tonight, and the first one is Elohim. Elohim, E-L-O-H-I-M. Elohim. Does anyone know what Elohim means? Anybody? Okay. No, it means the creator. Can my BFF back there read Revelation 4.11? She's... Great verse. I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I told you she's my BFF because when I met her Sunday morning, she said that I look like Tyler's sister. So I love her forever. (laughs) Revelation 4.11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created what? All things. All things. And for thy pleasure they are created. Imagine you and I are meeting for the first time, and I say, Hello, my name is Kay. So nice to meet you. You say, Kay, my name is Karen. And one of the first things we learn about each each other is what? Talk to me now. This ain't hard. We learn our first name, right? We don't go into a long spill of all our middle name and all that stuff, but we just learn our first names. Now, does God have a first name? Well, perhaps not, but he does have a name that was first used, and that is Elohim. We meet Elohim in Genesis 1-1, where we know the scripture. We could say it together. In the beginning... God created the heavens and earth. Elohim means creator. So how can the name Elohim serve as a strong tower to us? How does this first name of God bring us security and comfort that our hearts 
long for? Well, these are the blanks underneath that. God is your creator, and you exist because of God. God is your creator, and you exist because of God. Do you know that you are the distinctive handiwork of Elohim? Pretty incredible. No one in this room is a mistake. No one. You teenagers that are in here tonight, you're no mistake. God wanted you here. He has a plan for your life. Everyone in here, no one is a mistake. I'll tell you sort of a sad story. I am the fourth um, child in my family. I have a 15-year-old sister, a 13-year-old sister, and a six-year-old brother than me. And um, I was the baby, and I was a surprise. Anybody else a surprise in here? Surprise, you know. And I was um, about nine or ten, and I was snuggling up with my mama one night. My daddy was out of town preaching. And she looked at me, and she said, you were um, a surprise. And I just smiled, and I thought, well, that's fun. That sounds like that's a nice thing. And then she said, well, really, we didn't want you. That's awful, ain't it? Now, the story gets better. She's really not a bad mama. Don't call anybody on her. But she started, and I just looked at her so sad, and I said, you didn't want me. She said, well, honey, I didn't. I didn't want another baby. She said the church was booming. Um, In Atlanta, my dad pastored a very large church. The church had got up to 8,000 members, and here I was coming into the picture. And she had just had Tony six years before. And any, anybody that knows Tony, you wouldn't want to have another one after that. <laughs> be afraid you might get another one. That'd be a nightmare. So she said, I didn't want another one. And I just sat there and I said, well, that's terrible. And I just started crying. I said, you didn't want me? She said, I really didn't. And then she started crying. And she said, but God had a different plan. She said, I'll never forget feeling those movements of you kicking in my tummy and moving. And then she said, all of a sudden, I was really glad that I was having another baby. And I said, yay, I'm so glad that you liked me, you know. And for a while, it bothered me. I thought, you know, maybe I'm a mistake. But, you know, no one is a mistake. God made you, and you are very special And God has a great plan for all of our lives. God wants to use all of us. Yes, he created the heavens and the earth, but he also formed you and me, specifically, individually, thoughtfully, and carefully. And God was there when you were created. And why were we created? Well, we were created for him. Do you know that God truly wants to have an intimate relationship with you? If you're saved and you know him tonight, he wants you to walk with him. He wants you to be close to him. And he wants you to know that he is your Elohim, your creator, and you exist because of him. And he has great plans for everyone. God loves you and he wants you to know him personally through the gift of salvation, but then to have a relationship with him. Have you ever thought of yourself as being fearfully and wonderfully made? Do you look at yourself and despise what Elohim has created? The truth is, our faces may never grace the cover of a magazine or be seen on TV. We may never feel confident to do things, but we are beautiful in the sight 
of our Lord, and no one is an accident. You are exactly who Elohim created you to be. And that design has purpose, and that purpose is to bring him glory. And tonight, I just want to emphasize to you that you are special. Look at the person next to you and tell them, you are special. You are special. (laughs) Oh, that now, y'all are having so much fun. One of y'all said, tell me that again. Tell me that again. My husband didn't tell me that tonight. Would somebody please tell me that again? You are. You're special and you were created for God's glory and pleasure. And our lives are to be lived in such a way that we reflect him to show the world the character of God, his love, his peace, his mercy, and his gentleness. And we are to live for him and to accomplish his will And to miss this is to miss fulfillment in life. It is to have existed rather than have lived to know that Elohim is your creator and he has a plan for you. So that's the first one. The power of the name of Elohim. Well, what could be greater? The next one, El Elyon. El Elyon, E-L and then E-L-Y-O-N. And tonight... Does anyone know what this one means, El Elyon? Anybody? It means the God most high. The God most high. God is the sovereign ruler of all things. That is the blanks there. God is the sovereign ruler of all things. Cindy, are you going to read that verse for me? Okay. Now, we know that verse and just love the verse. I do. Be still and know that he is God. Oftentimes, things in our lives that come our way, we don't understand. We don't know what in the world's going on. But the Lord wants us to to do what that verse says. Be still and know that I am God. We know that God created the heavens and the earth and made you and he made me. But what then? Did he wind, wind it up like a clock and walk away from it? Is he involved in this world? Can God protect what he created? Can he fulfill his purposes for his creation? He made me, he made you, but is he strong enough and wise enough to touch every moment of my day? Is he aware of our lives and can he help us deal with life right now? The answer is yes. He is the God most high. He is the sovereign ruler of all things. The God most high rules rules over all. The unshakable fact of God's sovereign control over all is the foundation of sanity in this crazy world that we live in. Men and women can lose their minds by refusing to acknowledge his absolute sovereignty over all of the affairs of life. You just think about things that happen to you. Do you know that God does not allow anything to happen without his stamp of approval upon it? He looks through his fingers um, and filters his, those things that we are given through the fingers of love to us. And there's a reason and there's a purpose. And I'm not here to tell you tonight that I understand every one of them. Can I just tell you that? You know, sometimes people, it's weird, sometimes people will come up to pastor's wives. I'm sure they have done this to Miss Denoff and Jenny and different ones. Um, But they come to me and say, you must never have a problem. 
And I'm like, you got four or five days we can talk? I mean, do I never have a problem? Are you kidding me? Uh, I'm real just like you. You know, um, I have hard days. There's days, some days I just want to pitch a fit, you know, and cry and get mad and just want to have a bad day. (laughs) I don't always have the right responses to the things that maybe God has delivered to me. I hurt, I cry, but you know what? I have to remind myself and come back to the scriptures and say, be still and know that he is God. He is El Elyon. He is the God who is in control of everything that happens. God is sovereign. He is in control. If all things are not under his dominion, then he is not the most high, and you and I are either in the hands of blind fate or in the hands of man, No, we're in the hands of an almighty God who knows exactly what is going on. I love the old song that we used to sing. He's got the whole world in his hands. 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 Oh, y'all are liking this and you're swaying a little bit. (laughs) And I love the part that says, he's got you and me, sister. In his hands. All right, go ahead. You and me, sister. In his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. And sometimes we act like he doesn't. And we say, God, I don't like this. You evidently made a mistake here. You got the wrong number. You got the wrong address. I don't like what's happening But God has got you, sister, in his hands. And if we could only learn to bow our knee to the all-embracing sovereignty of the Most High God, then you and I will experience deep and abiding peace. We would know that nothing in the universe can touch us except by his permission and filtered through his fingers of love. There's so many stories I could uh, share right here, but there's one... um, Incredible story. Kristen um, Claypool from a Baptist church in Detroit took a missions trip to Cuba, and she was wanting to smuggle in Spanish Bibles to a community of Christians there. And Kristen wore several layers of clothing to conserve space in her suitcase for this. But her odd appearance drew the attention of security agents at every airport. Kristen had to open her suitcase at her departure city and then again in the Bahamas. Arriving in Cuba, she was alarmed to again be singled out and ordered to open her suitcase. This time, though, the zipper would not budge, and she couldn't open it but about two inches. She fought with it until at length the guard impatiently took over the struggle And despite prolonged effort, the zipper would not budge. Now, what was strange was it was a brand-new suitcase, and she had just opened it several times before in other airports. She was perplexed, and she knew it was new, and she didn't understand what was going on. So the guard became very furious and finally shoved it toward her and said, Just go on. Now, you think about the story. I don't know how y'all think, and you may think the cheese has slipped off my cracker, but that's okay if you do. But I just want to believe that that's God. 
I don't want to believe that the zipper just got stuck. I just want to believe that God sent an angel and just sort of put the hand over the zipper and said, just don't let it unzip. Because if it does, they're going to take these Bibles. And we have a mission here, angel. We got to get them to the people. So just about right now, would you just put your hand over that zipper and cause it not to unzip? Is that not the coolest thing? I mean, that just gives me the Holy Ghost bumps, and I just say, "Woo, that is so incredible that our God could do things like that. He is so sovereign and then so in control that he can do things like that. The zipper worked the other times, but it didn't the most important time when she's coming through to smuggle these Bibles in. El Elyon is the God most high who rules over all. I like this story. The only survivor of a shipwreck was washed up on a small, uninhibited island. He prayed feverishly for God to rescue him. Every day he scanned the horizon for help, but none seemed forthcoming. Exhausted, he eventually managed to build a little hut out of driftwood to protect him from the elements and to store his few possessions. One day, after scavenging for food, he arrived back to his little hut only to find it in flames with smoke rolling up to the sky. He felt the worst had happened and everything was lost. He was stunned with disbelief, grief, and anger. And he cried out and said, God, how could you do this to me? Early the next day, he was awakened by the sound of a ship approaching the island. It had come to rescue him. Are you with me? How did you know I was here, he said. And the man on the boat said, it was your smoke signal. Think about that. God allowed that hut to be burned and went in flames because he knew that there had to be the smoke signal for the people to find him. He'd been praying all the time, Lord, help somebody to rescue me. Help somebody to rescue me. So God said, okay, I have a plan. I'm going to burn your hut. (laughs) Do you ever feel like your hut's been burned? I'm living it now. I want to be very transparent with you. I'm living it now. In fact, today, I just wasn't a good girl. Today, I wasn't. Just go ahead and spank me. I was not. I went to lunch with my son, and I sat there, and I cried. And I said, Tyler, I'm hurting, and I'm tired, and I want to be where God wants our family to be. And your daddy's such a good preacher, and he's good looking too, isn't he? I told you. Miss Denoff, can I tell them what you did? She was so cute. She came walking out of the choir when I was walking up to sing. And she said, you were right. (laughs) She said, he's a hunk. (laughs) She said, my eyesight hadn't gone. (laughs) I thought that was so cute. And I told my husband, he's like, oh, man. He said, what do you tell those women? I said, you don't need to know. (laughs) But, you know, you look at things and you think, Lord, why? Why am I in this situation? Why would you allow what you've allowed? I don't understand. And sometimes I feel like my hut has been burned. But we have to trust the Lord that there is a reason for all things that he's Elyon. And there's a smoke signal that he's sending up somehow, some way, because we know that He's in control, and there's a reason for all things. So I don't know what you're going through tonight, but will you just mention that name? Can you just say it with me tonight, El Elyon?
Let's say it. El Elyon, the God Most High. He's in control. The third name. How am I doing, um, clock? Six or seven minutes. Oh, mercy. Okay. The next one, El Royai. L-E-L and then R-O-I. Can you read that verse for me, sweet lady? Yes, ma'am. For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he pondereth all his goings. Guess what El Royai means? The God who sees. The God who sees. And I love this statement. Never take your eyes off God because he never takes his eyes off you. Never take your eyes off God because he never takes his eyes off you. I love the old hymn that says his eye is on the sparrow and I know he watches me. I think that's my favorite. I love it. I love singing it real serious in the first part. Why? Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? And you're singing all that sad part. Why should I feel discouraged? And then, for his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. And then I like to get real happy. I sing this one in the shower. You know, you like to, you know, when you just get real happy, you want to sing it real loud when no one's looking, and you just get into it. I just love to get into it. Don't you know that I sing? Because I'm happy, and I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Think about that tonight. His eyes, they see you. And we could go down many avenues with this. God sees you when you're acting like a bad girl. And God sees you when you're acting like a good girl. God sees all the things that we do. He sees you when you're ministering and loving someone. He sees that. But he also sees you in the corner of the church when you're running your mouth like Mary Motormouth. He sees that too. I don't know any of y'all in here really. And I'm sorry if your name is Mary. I did not mean <laughs> to do that. We'll, we'll, say, we'll say Jenny Jibber. We'll say Jenny. How, how about Jenny Jibber mouth? You know, God sees that too. And again, no one's said anything to me. I know nothing about anything here. But I know one thing. The devil would like to destroy this church. And you know where he works a lot? Who he can use the best? Women. I've seen it so many times. They gather in the little groups in the corner. And bless God, I don't like the direction. The pastor's taking this thing. Did you like the service today? Well, I didn't like that special. Well, who are you? I'm sorry. You're not going to ever want me to come back. <laughs> this is my last shot, Miss Denolf. Who are you anyway? You know what? You're not the pastor. God leads to the pastor. And that pastor has to give an account to God for this ministry. Not you. I'm so sorry. You know what your responsibility is? It's to pray for this church and pray for your pastor and love your church. God sees you. And when we do wrong, sometimes we, we get a spanking. And God sees you. 
and everything that you do. But you know what he also sees? He sees when you're hurting. He sees when you're done wrong. He knows. He sees all of those things. One night a house fire um, happened and a young boy was forced to flee the roof. His father stood on the ground below with outstretched arms telling his little boy to jump. He said, jump, son, I'll catch you. He knew the boy had to jump to save his life, but the little boy could only see smoke and flames and darkness, and he was afraid to jump. He said, Daddy, I can't see you. But the daddy hollered back and said, but I see you, and that's all that matters. Think about that a second. Sometimes we can't see what's happening, but God sees you. And he says, come on, baby, jump, come to me. And we say, but I can't see. But he says, I see you. The eyes of the Lord are upon you. We should live in the constant consciousness that, of that, that God is watching and he knows what I'm thinking. He knows how I am reacting. He can't, we can't hide anything from him. He knows, he sees. How important that it is that we realize El Royai sees us. And he sees what is going on. You may say, did God see how I was treated as a young little girl? How I was abused? How I was hurt? Does God see even now what I'm going through with an abusive husband? Or I don't know. I don't know any of your situations right now. But God sees you right where you are. And he cares about you. Never take your eyes off God because he never takes his eyes off of you. He knows right where you are. He knows you by name. He knows your heartaches. He knows the child that's in your womb that will soon be here, Becca. I don't know how it can be much longer. You look like you're going to (laughs) pop. He knows it all, and he sees right where you are. And the last name, I know I'm going a little bit, but the pastor told me I could, so I'm just going to listen to him, okay? All right, the last one, El Shaddai. Now, how many have heard that name? Oh, good. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Y'all acted like you didn't know the other ones. But now I think some of you are Christians in here tonight. (laughs) El Shaddai. Okay, you want me to spell it for you? Because some of you are looking, saying, spell that, please. Okay, E-L-S-H-A-D-D-A-I. And the verse with that one, can you read that? Our sufficiency is of God, and your blank there is, God is my all-sufficient one. El Shaddai, he is our all-sufficient one. God appeared to Abram, and he fell on his face. We read in Genesis 17, 1 through 8. And what did God say to him? He said to Abram, I am God Almighty, I am El Shaddai. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will establish my covenant with you. In other words, I am your all-sufficient one. Quit running, quit hiding, quit seeking other ways. Trust in me, rest in me, and let me supply your needs. Now, I'd mentioned to you in the beginning that EL means might or power. Shaddai means... Um, primarily means breasted, being formed directly from the word shad, which means breast. Parkhurst, a Bible scholar, explains Shaddai as the poorer or shedder forth, that is, of blessings, temporal and spiritual. Now, we're all girls in here tonight. Oh, no, we're not. 
Okay. Keep your head down over there, man. I think he's sleeping anyway. I need, I need hardly to explain the title, Breasted, or Bringing Forth. Mothers understand this, okay? Um, when a baby is crying and restless, what can quiet it? That's what does it. You snuggle them. They lay up in there. It's cozy. Provides nice milkshake every once in a while. And that is what keeps them comforted. Do you know what Christ wants to do for us as our, as our El Shaddai? And Shaddai means the breast. He wants us to run to him and let him be our all-sufficient one and lay our head right up on him. I don't know about you, but I just love it when, I, when I'm hurting so, I'll just snuggle up in my chair again with my Bible, and I just feel like I'm sitting in the arms of the Lord and snuggle up to him and just lay my head upon his chest and say, Jesus, I need you. I need you to do something. I need you to help me. I need you to fulfill all of these things that are going on in my life because you are my all-sufficient one, and he is all that we need emotionally, Physically, spiritually, and financially, everything comes from him. He is the one who wants to bless us and supply all of our needs. And you know what's really neat? Sometimes he even supplies our wants. Isn't it incredible how God does? I told you about the, the laundry detergent Sunday, but I could just tell you so many things that God has done in my life, how he has given me everything that I've needed. And then on top of it, he gives me things that I want sometimes. Just incredible. I think we should pray about everything. I think we should pray about the big things and the little things. I love the story of a little boy who was learning the um, 23rd Psalm, and he was quoting it in church, and he said, The Lord is my shepherd. What more shall I want? And that is true. The Lord is our shepherd. What more shall we want? I'll tell you. Let's see. I know it's time. So let's see. Lord, help me to know what story that I want to share. Um, some of you know of my father tonight. A couple of ladies were coming to me and, and saying they heard my daddy preach at Landmark. Um, and several of you have said things about my dad. I miss him, and sometimes I see myself as a little girl, um, very emotional, wanting my daddy and wanting to crawl up in his lap and knowing that daddy, daddy could fix it. You know, does anybody just feel like your daddy can fix anything? You know, it's just, call my daddy. He can do anything. My daddy can fix it. And I remember one day the reality of you can't call your dad anymore. You can't talk to him. You can't ask him to pray for you. You can't hear his comforting words. And it's then that Jesus said to me, I am your Abba Father. I am your all-sufficient one. Run to me. Let me be that for you. And I have the neatest story. I was um, one day dusting my daddy's picture in my home, and I started just bawling, crying, slinging snot everywhere, just crying, making a mess. Miss Denoff, I was just crying. And I said, Jesus, if I could just hear my daddy tell me one more time that he loves me, it would just be so wonderful. 
And then I just said, oh, that's so silly. That's a dumb prayer request. I can't believe I'm asking for this because I know that ain't going to happen. He's in heaven and he ain't going to come down here and tell me that. And then I went about my day and I was traveling that evening to a ladies conference and a sweet friend of mine, I was picking her up. Her name is Lorraine Willard and she's about 72 years old. I love her. She's a great friend of mine. And she got in the car and um, I had some CDs of my dad over to the side um, of my car there. And and I said, how about us listen to my daddy preach on the way? We got about a two hour drive. Let's listen to daddy preach. And she said, okay. I said, now there's one in there that I've been wanting to hear and it's on prayer and I want you to get that one out. Well, Lorraine looked at me and she said, well, what if that ain't the one Jesus wants us to hear? I said, Lorraine Willard, this is my car. Those are my CDs, and that's my daddy, and I want to hear the one on prayer. She said, well, I'm not doing it. I said, okay, well, the next exit, you're out of here. No. (laughs) So I said, okay, Lorraine, do what you want to do. Well, Lorraine, sweet Christian, she opens up this book of CDs, and she puts her hand over it. She starts praying. She said, now, Jesus, you know which CD we need to hear, Dr. Hudson. And Kay wants to hear the one on prayer, but I'm not sure that's the one. She's just talking to the Lord. Now, would you guide my hand and help me pull the CD that you want us to hear? And I'm over there going, oh, my word. She has lost it. Well, she closed her eyes. She pulled a CD. She pops it in the CD player. We're riding down the road. My daddy starts preaching. And he said, the greatest two commandments is to love thy Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. And the second is to love each other. And he said, I have four children. He said, and I love them all. And I'm just driving. And then there's a pause. And he says, but my baby KK. And I said, turn that up right there. He said, but my baby KK, I love her with all my heart. And I said, oh, my word. I just prayed earlier today that I could hear him say that he loves me. Is that not the coolest thing? And I said, Lorraine, you are so filled with Jesus. I love you. Here's my list that I want you to pray. Please pray for all these things, Lorraine. Jesus hears you. I sat there and I said, rewind, rewind. He said, I love that little girl so much, I could pull her arm off and eat it like a chicken leg. <laughs> and then he said, I love that little girl so much, I could pluck her eyes out and eat them like grapes. I said, turn it up right there. <laughs> and then he made the example of, in the Bible, the comparison for our love for the Lord should look like hate to our family, that we should love the Lord so much. You know, I say that to you tonight because your El Shaddai loves you so much. He is your all-sufficient one, and he wants to meet all of your needs. He wants to meet even your wants. He wants you to know that he loves you, and he is your all-sufficient one. He is our rock and our refuge in times of trouble, and everything that we need and everything that we long for is in our El Shaddai. Can we read at the bottom of the paper together. Every name he bears has a blessing he shares. And that is so true tonight. Every name that God bears has a blessing for us as a Christian. 
that he shares with us. And I want to encourage you to do your own Bible study on the names of God. And they're so precious, you will not believe how much you will learn from it. But tonight, those four, can we say them together? The first one, Elohim, your creator. You exist because of him. El Elyon, the God most high, who is in sovereign control of all things. Number three, El Royai, the God who sees. Remember, he sees you. He sees everything, the good and the bad. He knows everything that's been done to you. And the last one, El Shaddai, your all-sufficient one. Now, it, now, that ought to make you happy. So can I just, can you just smile at me even though I've gone over a few minutes? Can you just smile at me? Isn't that wonderful? Those things. My brother says that ought to make a Presbyterian shout. <laughs> now, we're not Presbyterian. We're Baptists, but that ought to make us happy to know that we have the powerful name of God. And may we magnify his name and lift his name up. And when you just feel lower than a snake's belly and you don't know what to do, call his name. It'll bless you. You'll feel so wonderful when you just call upon his name. Okay, let's pray together and we will. Yes, ma'am, Miss Denoff wants to say something. Okay, all right. Can we do something? Uh, well, Let's do this. Can you just reach over and hold the lady's hand next to you? And let's pray together tonight. Um, I think it's sweet. Usually on Wednesday night, this is your core group of people. Um, there's no, I know there's no Martha Motormouths in this group. We know this is the core loving group. And I think sometimes that just to love one another to pray for one another. And I just want to encourage you tonight as we pray that the Lord will be real in your life and the lady next to you, that she will feel the realness of our God and his name and how wonderful that it is. Okay, 